What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Get going! Welcome to the 77th episode of the Gin Jack Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo. Joined, as always, by Scott Klein. We are three quarters of the way through the preseason, essentially done with the preseason. Yeah, pretty much. But for several players trying to cement their spot on the Jaguars' final 53-man roster, we are pretty much through the preseason. Uh, We are just days away from... The regular season starting, kicking off next week. Jaguars will take on the Giants to start the regular season. But before we get to that, the Jaguars have got to get through their final preseason game. They've also got to cut their roster down to 53 players on Saturday. And uh, after that, it's time for the regular season. It's good stuff. Again, this is the 77th episode of the Gen Jag Podcast. I am Jordan DeLugo. I'm with Scott Klein. You can follow him on Twitter at ScottKlein1. Follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. Uh, you can find us talking all sorts of sports, Jaguars, Magic. I talk a little Gators football. Scott talks a little Texas football. Uh, but yeah, you can also follow Generation Jaguar on Twitter at Generation Jag on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Make sure to check out the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag Podcast, Bold City Brewery. They've got us hooked up with some awesome beverages here today. I'm sipping on some 1901, their red ale, while Scott's got some killer whale cream ale. Um, you can find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. And you can visit them at either of their tap rooms, downtown on East Bay Street, where they've got some more experimental stuff going on, and then their original tap room on Roselle and Riverside. Um, big shout out to them. They're always hooking it up. And uh, what a crazy day we've had in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, it's the biggest contract I've ever seen. He'll get $80 million by May of next year. That is unbelievable. The money in the QB. I mean, if you want, go be a QB. That's all I got to say. <laughs> be a quarterback. Just have your kid grow up to be a quarterback. No big deal. Yeah. It's easy. Uh, Tyler Lockett, he gets a big deal from the Seahawks. And that was not the only move the Seahawks made today. They traded for Brett Hundley. Who uh, the Packers could no longer afford. Right, right. <laughs> the Packers were like, we've got Rodgers. Uh, we've got way too much money tied up in Rodgers to be paying any other quarterbacks. See you later, buddy. Uh, Hunley kind of fits the mold that Seahawks have been trading for lately in terms of quarterbacks. Yes. <laughs> Not really a big deal, but a much bigger deal. Teddy Bridgewater to the Saints. I think that's a perfect landing spot for him. If he and the Saints can figure out a way to work out a deal after this season because his contract does expire after this year, boy, they are set up very nicely for the long term. You finish out Drew Brees' career and then you get... Teddy Bridgewater to just 
fill in right where Breeze left off. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, they got to do some salary gymnastics. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is on his final year of his contract, so they're going to have to try and make a way to figure out how to pay both quarterbacks at the same time. But I think you're right. I mean, as long as they can make the numbers work, they're set up great. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater can get back, get his feet underneath them after taking, I think it was two years off of football due to an injury. Um, yeah, they're in a really good spot with a very talented, two very talented quarterbacks. No um, doubt about it. Now, it's time to talk Jaguars football. We're going to predict and analyze our final 53-man roster. Again, the Jaguars have to make their cuts this Saturday. We will predict every player that's going to make the roster here. We'll take a look back at the Jaguars matchup with the Falcons. and We will also preview the Jaguar, Jaguars' final preseason matchup with the Buccaneers. Uh, first, heavy heart. Got to talk about the Marquise Lee injury. He suffered a season-ending knee injury in the Jaguars' third preseason contest against the Falcons. It requires surgery. He'll be out for the entire season. First things first. Was it a dirty hit? Uh, Helmet to the knee. Yeah, I mean, by the rules, it was. A, it should have been a penalty. Leaving it was. The helmet. Um, yeah. As far as being dirty, you're not really able to hit people high anymore coming off a catch like that. To me, what Jalen said is kind of ringing true a little bit. I mean, these guys are having to compensate for the rules and change the way that they're hitting people to fall in line, and they're having to go lower and lower on the body to avoid the contact with the head, and these things might start happening more. I mean, if you can't hit him high, you got to hit him low. Yeah, I just, I still think he led with his helmet. Yeah, which, I mean. You've never been supposed to do that. Yeah. Not, I mean, probably not since KZ was playing football. True. So, Demonte KZ came out on Twitter. He said he was praying for Marquise Lee. He's never trying to injure anyone. That hit was suspect in my mind, at the very least. I don't know if it was dirty. I don't know. I mean, it was obviously an illegal hit. It was flagged. I don't think the intention was probably to injure Lee, mm-hmm. but I do think Casey was out there playing with reckless abandon, and he led with his helmet right into Marquis Lee's knee. And I think it that just... was a quarterback that he did that to. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he would have been ejected <laughs> from the game probably. Yeah. And I, I also think it's a bit of bad timing. I mean, if if it was as he was plant as he was his foot was coming down, his spikes hit the dirt, and all of a sudden his knee is being torqued in a horrendous way. Yeah. If his leg is raining free, he might have a you know, he might have a huge bruise on his leg, but it wouldn't have Maybe not that a season structural injury. damage. Yeah. Yeah. So poor timing. I mean let's hope this doesn't start happening more. Yeah. Uh, we're just we're gonna have to wait and see what the full impact of these new rules actually are going to be. No doubt about it. Now, this obviously changes the dynamic of the Jaguars wide receiver room greatly. Marquise Lee was the number one receiver, led the Jaguars in targets and catches last season. He was Blake Bortles' main guy on third down. What does this mean for DJ Chark? D.D. Westbrook, Dante Moncrief, and Keelan Cole. Who is going to now be the guy that 
will take over for, for Marquise Lee? Who's going to be that possession guy that the Jaguars just turn to when they need the big play? Yeah, big I mean, down? losing a guy like Lee, calling him the number one receiver is kind of a misnomer to me. I mean, he, he might have been number one on the depth chart, but that was by title. I mean, I, I think he was going to be a reliable receiver. Yeah. I think you knew what you got out of Marquise Lee. But I think there were other wide receivers that could have and probably would have had much better statistical years than he would. As far as... He still could have very well been the Jaguars' leader in catches. Now, Cole absolutely outproduced him in terms of yardage last year and yards per catch. I agree with you there, but I I still think that Lee would have been Blake Bortles' number one target. He was the best receiver on this team on just quick slants. Um, he did very well. Routes. Yeah, one of the better ones in the league, um, just on those couple uh, routes that he ran. Now, as far as who's going to fill that void, Cole did very well, but on on crossing routes, they were typically deeper. Right. Um, we'll see exactly how expansive Chark's route tree is. I mean, I'm sure they're going to throw everything they have at the at the kid. Um, Westbrook, I think, pretty much can do it all. Um, I think he more fits the mold of being that guy that can be able to really hit you from any different angle that you want. Um, I think he has the most consistent hands on the team. Yeah, and he's a tough SOB for for, for that. He's a little guy, but he's tough, no doubt about it. And then you look at Moncrief. Does his role change at all? He's probably going to take that more veteran role in the team. I mean, Lee had been in the locker room for a while. He's on a second contract. Um, Moncrief is going to have to kind of fill that carry the torch kind of guy. Maybe not necessarily on the field, but how to conduct yourself as a pro, you know, the preparation that he's been going through being in the league for as long as he's been into. Just keeping these guys focused on what they need to do. Uh, And especially for guys like Chark, which he's the only guy that's not, that's out of his first two years in the league. I mean, these guys are still learning yeah. what it's like to be a pro. No doubt so he's that. definitely going to have to help these guys along. Maybe not making plays, but to be able to do all the stuff on off the field as well. Yeah. I think uh, Doug Marone alluded to this. He wants Lee to stick around throughout the season. And I think if Lee does, in fact, do that, which it seems like he would. He's that type of player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a real team guy. I think that... He could really help these guys come along even more than he would have on the field because he can now kind of be Keenan McCardell's second-hand yeah. man and just really help these guys grow. I mean, Dante Moncrief, like you said, he's the only one now that has played more than two seasons in the NFL. Uh, Westbrook and Cole are entering their second seasons. Chark's entering his rookie season. Moncrief's now the elder statesman, and he's only 25, and he just turned 25 at the beginning of August. So this definitely impacts the way the Jaguars' wide receiver room looks. I don't think it necessarily is going to impact the production of the wide receiver group Mm -hmm. because they're so deep, because Chark, Westbrook, Moncrief, Cole, any one of those guys could be your leading receiver, um, not only throughout the season, but on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I mean, the biggest impact for me is now instead of having a guy like Marquise Lee, who you know can go out there and have a a huge game, 
you, a guy like maybe Rashard Green is now taking his spot on the roster who is much more of a question mark. What are you going to get out of this guy? Right. So, yeah, I think now you've... Now just, you're probably feeling, instead of really confident about five wide receivers on your roster, you're yeah. really confident about four. And hope that the other guys can kind of just fill their role. Yeah. Uh, now, that was obviously the biggest storyline coming out of the Jaguars' 17-6 to victory over the Falcons on Saturday. But there were other storylines to be sure. Blake Bortles, we'll start there. He had two interceptions in the game. What were your thoughts on those interceptions? <sighs> Tough. I mean, once again, a safety dropping underneath. Uh, affects a pass. Uh, he he made a great play on it just to get his hand on it, and then um, his teammate did the rest. The second one, it was a bad throw. Westbrook didn't really make an effort for it, but I'm not sure how much of a difference that would have made. Yeah. You'd like to see a guy actually give himself an opportunity to catch the ball. Yeah. But I at that where the ball was, he he said it himself. You can't have that throw right in the red zone outside of that he's right he had another solid game in terms of completion percentage (laughs) uh 17 of 23 uh he led the offense down the field and scored points on multiple occasions he threw two interceptions in two and a half quarters and were there and the jaguars are basically dominating the Falcons. Yeah. And we had a lead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, I mean, this goes into kind of a bigger storyline. He's thrown three interceptions in his last 43 attempts in the preseason. That's not good. But he did complete 74% of his passes against the Falcons, 60% of his passes against the Vikings the week before. Uh, <laughs> he's been up and down. A lot of those were screens. Yeah, they were, they were very they were hitting that nail on the head. Yeah, but he made some great throws. Yeah, I I think you would have obviously liked to see some more mistake free football from Bortles, mm-hmm. but this is not the end of the world. It's the preseason. The Jaguars were awful last preseason, and they still came out and had the season that they did. Yeah, he was benched. Right. I mean. It, Bortles didn't play amazing the last two games. It was against two pretty good defenses, and they didn't game plan at all for these defenses. Mm-hmm. So I think moving forward, is it some, is it something to keep an eye on with Blake Bortles? Is he turning the ball over? Yes, it always is. It always will be probably until he yep. proves for multiple seasons in a row that he's not erratic and not turnover prone. The only thing that people should be surprised about from these last few games is the efficiency outside of the interceptions. Right. And I think that's a huge sign, I mean, of his maturation process. <clears throat> Normally, when you see Bortles have two interceptions in a game, you also see his completion percentage around 50% or even worse sometimes. You see a very inefficient performance, but he's able to respond from these negative plays and still come out and play well. Mm-hmm. Normally, when you get those multiple interception games, you also get in just erratic play where he just can't seem to guide the offense down the field and can't seem to hit open receivers. That's not been the case. Yeah, it's like as soon as the ball starts rolling in the wrong just, direction. Yeah, it just starts picking up speed, and you can't you can't slow it down. Yeah, but 
well, I'm optimistic in a sense that he didn't. It didn't seem to shake his confidence like it did in the past. If you have a game like that where you threw two interceptions before halftime, I think it was before halftime um, against the Patriots. Man, good luck. Yeah, I mean, you you can't have those game those type of games where it counts. But that's who. But they didn't count. They didn't yeah. count. Um, it doesn't matter what he does until they line up against yeah. the Giants mm-hmm. two Sundays from now, September 9th. That's when it starts to matter. Uh, we always take preseason a little bit too much to heart, I believe. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the good and the bad. Right. I mean, like as. His efficiency's been great, but the turnovers haven't been great. So you never know what's going to happen here with with Bortles. But moving on to a much more positive storyline, Leonard Fournette and company at running back appear ready to dominate the NFL for another season. Uh, They led the league in rushing last year. Against the Falcons on Saturday, Fournette had 10 carries for 57 yards, including a 21-yard touchdown. He added three catches to that. Then his uh, primary backup, TJ Yeldon, had five carries, 23 yards. Also added three catches for 23 more yards. Corey Grant put in five five rushes for 32 yards and caught all five of his targets for an additional 39 yards. I mean, these guys were on fire. I think in total the Jaguars had over 200 yards rushing. Yeah. Um, it They all played great. I mean... <clears throat> being able to rotate these guys in and out, obviously Fournette's going to get the lion's share of the carries. But having guys like TJ Yeldon and Corey Grant to be able to come in and produce the way they are, and they will be used a lot this year. They're going to be huge weapons um, going on uh, in this upcoming season. The biggest thing that I saw that gives me the most excitement is on the touchdown run. Instead of just trying to plow through a couple of safeties, he saw a slight gap in the left and cut back. Hashtag vision. Yes. He didn't just try and power his way through people. He actually cut back and found a lane and was just gone. Yeah. that That's something he did not show a lot of. No, last Last season I think he would have pointed at the safety or corner and just tried to run him over, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as evidenced by his play against Mike Mitchell and the Steelers last year. But big time for performance out of the rushing attack, and also the run blocking has been very good. Yeah, it was a glimpse at what our offensive line should be. You get Parnell in there, you get Norwell in there. Everyone but Linder. Right. And Shatley played well. Right, Shatley can run block. Yeah. Uh, pass protection, talking about the offensive line, that was still a bit of an issue. I mean, they've given up 16 sacks in three games this preseason. Uh, it was slightly improved. Cam Robinson played much better than he has in the previous two weeks, but still got a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, that's really the first game that Norwell was able to play in. Yeah. <laughs> in about a year. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to... You saw some rust. I mean, he played well. He held his own. There were a couple of mistakes, but I mean, just just seeing you could feel the consistency, the difference, definitely from the past few weeks from the starting group, and it should get better. The more they work together, it should be improved. Yeah, 
And when you look at the uh, Jaguars' pass defense, that's another group that was you know, oh really, God. really solid last year. Top one or two in football. And then you look at what they've done this preseason. Been really impressive. Held Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins to a combined 8 of 20 passing for 69 yards. Less than three and a half yards per attempt from those guys. That's disgusting. Two of the more respected quarterbacks in football. Just awesome. So those guys look locked and loaded, ready to go. Uh, ready to just set the league on fire again. I mean, even even when the backups came in, second and third team. I mean... Right, you've got some really talented so depth. Not only on the, in the defensive backfield, but also on the defensive line to be able to create some pressure. Uh, really impressive stuff. Now, uh, that, that's pretty much it for what I took away from this game. Anything else big for you? Um, I mean, Logan Cook has looked good. Yeah. He had a tough, he had a not great punt early on and then bombed a couple of them. Lambo missed one. That is That's something surprising. to take notice of, certainly. Uh, I believe he missed a kick against the Vikings as I think well. So, yeah. He did so, miss one to the right. Obviously, want to see that get tightened up. He was nearly perfect for the Jaguars last season and had been almost perfect throughout training camp. But uh, last two weeks, he's kind of taken a step backward. You'd like to see him get back on the right track. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the uniforms looked fantastic. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they, they look a lot better than I thought they would. Yeah. I liked them pretty well, pretty good after the release, but on the field as a team. It looks so good. And yeah. they can do so many different combinations. Yeah. And those helmets are just a thing of beauty. Yeah. They really make you look back and just, what was going <laughs> on? But it's a sign of the times, I suppose. Uh,. We've got the Buccaneers coming up tomorrow night. Jaguars are at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Speaking of the unis, they'll be wearing their black jerseys on their white pants for the first time this season. First time ever with this uniform. So that'll be exciting to see. Obviously, black is going to be their main uh, home jersey color. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be fun to see for sure. The main thing to watch here is just uh, if there's any injuries, obviously, that pop up. No starters really are going to be playing. The only guy who you might consider a starter who's going to be playing, Dante Fowler. And he's still not technically a starter. (laughs) but He's more in the first group of guys conversation as a rotational guy. Kind Um, of the sixth man in basketball. Yeah, definitely. But he is... He's a guy going into his contract year. He's going to miss the first week of the regular season, um, coming off a shoulder injury. How does he look? I mean, does it really matter if he plays well? No, but if he looks explosive, that's going to be a very good sign. Yeah, you want to see what you saw out of him last year. I mean, just athletically. There were so many questions about the injury that he had, how he lost so much muscle mass. I don't think... I think that was a bit overblown. Yeah. When, you came, when he came back in practice, there there were some videos you could see him yeah. really getting pushed against offensive tackles. and I think it was a bit overblown. I think it's still a storyline. I think, how long does it take him to get back to his 2017 form? How he was playing at the end of the, um, at the end of the, 
postseason, you know, when he yeah. was able to get two sacks against the Patriots. Can he get back to that by week two when the Patriots come to town? And with him being a rotational guy, I think that really helps as well. Not having to go out there, play in and play out. Yeah. And really put stress on that shoulder. So, I mean, he needs to look like the best player on the field because he probably is. Yeah, he sh- yeah, I agree with you. He should be the most talented guy out there, and he should show it. So, um, getting into some position battles, uh, watch the wide receiver battle. I mean, you've got Rashad Green, Jadon Mickens, Shane Wynn. These three guys are fighting for one to two roster spots. You don't know. Now that Marquise Lee's gone, are they going to keep six receivers? Are they going to only keep five receivers? Which one of these guys shows out the most? None of them have been consistently targeted or productive in the preseason at the receiver position. Uh, Shane Wynn probably had the biggest game as a receiver. Against the Vikings, he got uh, three catches for 39 yards. Rashad Green only has four catches for uh, 20-some-odd yards. Jaden Mickens hasn't been targeted a lot. But which guy shows the most as the punt returner? I mean, Rashad Green... Has been up and down. He muffed a punt week one. Uh, week two, he returned a punt 56 yards to set up a game-winning score. Uh, Mickens, he's been consistent as a punt returner. You don't really worry about him. Mm-hmm. Shane Wynn hasn't had much opportunity. But you got to watch that position battle for sure. That's going to be one of the most intriguing things to keep an eye on. And it's probably two. There's a good chance two of those three make it. Yeah, there's a very good chance that that happens. No doubt about it. Uh, the next battle, if you will, it's it's really just one man trying to <laughs> yeah. prove that he still deserves to be on this roster. Dwan Smoot, third-round pick from last season. I mean, what do you need to see from him? We need to see him on the field. That's <laughs> what we need to see. I mean, the guy's been hurt all preseason. Really played well in spots last year. Um, needs to show us. He showed a lot as a run defender, I think. Yeah, but nothing really that on the in the pass rushing side because he, I mean, he had the most sacks in college football his sophomore year, I believe. I know he had a really big season. Um, I can't remember if he led the country. I know he had a big season uh, at Illinois when he was younger. And then after that, kind of fell back in terms of pass rush yeah, production. Yeah, and kind of fell off as far as... But yeah, he's a guy that showed some pass rush moves coming out of Illinois and hasn't really shown that since he's been in a Jaguars uniform. Yeah, so I mean, as far as production, show us... A, a QB hurry is almost as valuable as a sack, I would say, just affecting the quarterback. If he can affect the quarterback tonight against... What should be undermatched tomorrow night? Tom- tomorrow night. I'm too ready. <laughs> Getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> we got a fantasy draft. I, I got. I'm thinking it's game day already. <laughs> yeah, we failed to mention our uh, our home league fantasy draft is this evening. I, I honestly did more preparation for that than I did for this podcast. <laughs> However, I did do plenty plenty of preparation for this podcast. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I get to keep Leonard Fournette. Excited about that. We do one keeper in our league. <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, I digress. Getting back to Jaguars football over here. Uh, Dwan Smith, you just want to see him out there. You want to see if he can show any pass rush ability. You obviously want to 
see him be stout against the run. He should be one of the more talented guys playing as well. I mean, yeah. uh, then you look at really a hotly contested final spot in the cornerback yeah. room. I don't believe the Jaguars are going to keep more than five cornerbacks. Uh, they've got Trey Herndon, who they've raved about. Quentin Meeks, who I think has looked like a really impressive player. Plays the ball well in the air. Seems to break on the ball well. C.J. Rivas, Jalen Myrick, D. Delaney. I mean, they've got a lot of guys battling for, for what seems to be one spot. It's going to be really tough for all of these guys and the guys picking them. Or who's going to be on the team. I mean, somebody needs to separate themselves. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, Quentin Meeks almost got that interception. And yeah. That, that looked really good to me. That looked like a big-time playmaker there. But Trey Herndon has gotten a ton of play, ton of uh, positive feedback. So we'll see how it plays out. But keep an eye on all those guys. Jalen Myrick, he's the the man with, you know, just the, the skill that you can't teach, just blazing speed. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Moving on to uh, the offensive side of the ball, running back battle. Do the Jaguars elect to keep a fourth running back? And if so, are you looking at Tim Cook or Brandon Wilds? Do they want a guy who could potentially be more of a balanced running back and Brandon Wilds or Tim Cook who just seems to be a guy that could bring the hammer? Yeah, I mean, get ready for a huge dose of these guys. I mean, I, I don't want to see, obviously, Leonard Fournette, but I don't want to see T.J. Yeldon or Corey Grant out there either. Yeah, you might see Corey Grant in there a little bit just for, as a body, you know, yeah. be able to rotate these guys in and out and keep them a bit fresh. But, I mean, these guys should get should absolutely get the rock all night. Um, I like Tim Cook. I like the big power back. But, to me, Wilds has... Looked a little bit better. Overall. Yeah, I think he's been more impressive. I liked Tim Cook a lot more entering the preseason, mm-hmm. but since the preseason's taken off, Wilds has been a little bit more of a complete back, and he scored a touchdown. He's had a big uh, reception on a screen play, so he's looked impressive. Um, see if either of those guys stands out and and really says, you know, I need to be on this roster. One of those guys is able to put up a you know fifty yard performance or hundred yard performance. That's gonna say a lot. And pass protection. Yes, absolutely. Unsung hero of running backs. Yeah, you have to be able to at least show a willingness to block to really be considered seriously. Yeah, both of those guys have the physicality yeah. to be able to do it, but can they be effective? Yeah. <laughs> Is uh, it takes a lot of discipline to be able to pick up a blitzing linebacker, mm-hmm. or a defensive end, or even defensive tackle. Sometimes, um, final position battle that I'm intrigued by, offensive line. I mean, you've got five guys that are the clear starters, and behind them, I think you've got Will Richardson at tackle and Tyler Shatley at guard slash center, who are both clearly on the roster. Yeah. How many more players are you going to keep? You've got Josh Wells, who's been a swing tackle for this team for a couple of years. Uh, William Pales, who's been an impressive tackle throughout the preseason and last season. 
Uh, Brandon Smith, he's a rookie. He's he's shown some things. Casey McDerm- McDermott as well. And then at guard, you've got guys like Josh Walker and Chris Reed who have been around here. Who's going to stand out? Who's going to make the roster? Or or who's going to stand out in a negative way and probably cost themselves the roster spot? Yeah, they haven't really been doing a lot of favors for Cody Kessler. I mean, he's been running, <laughs> he's been running around. around. Quite a bit. He's been getting sacked quite a bit, but he's been escaping as well. Yeah. <laughs> you obviously, I mean, he'll be exciting to watch. He's been really good this preseason. By the way, Cody Kessler, learn to slide. He <laughs> took a hit late in the game. I was like on, the, on one of the last plays of the game, and I was like, oh my God, he's got a concussion. He's down. <laughs> he's a awful. tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a lot more mobile than I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, He's not by any means a mobile quarterback, but he has the ability to escape the pocket and throw on the run and be effective in doing yeah. so. So that's been pretty cool to see. Uh, anything else you're looking for, Jaguars versus Buccaneers? Um, I hope we get a big lead by halftime because I'm not going to know anybody on their team outside of maybe a couple of the rookies. Right, yeah. It's always more interesting when you can see, like, when you're going up against the players because you're like, oh, the stars are coming in, you might sprinkle a couple first-rounders, second-rounders in there. But when it's the fourth game, man, I might as well be throwing darts at the dartboard. Yeah, <laughs> there'll, there'll be a few names that you're recognizing for the Buccaneers, but beyond that, it's going to be slim pickings. Yeah. Uh, so, our final order of business is our, our tallest task of the day. 53-man roster, but before we get into that, I want to thank Bold City Brewery once again, the one and only sponsor of the Gym Jag podcast. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. And of course, you can visit them on Roselle at their original tap room or uh, downtown on East Bay Street. <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks again to Bold City Brewery. Also like to remind everyone, Jag, Gen Jag membership program is going on right now. 60 bucks for the whole season. You get to eat and drink for free at all the tailgates. You also get a t-shirt that's a pretty awesome shirt. Welcome to Duval, prepare to get hit. Koozie member card gets you discounts and a fun Welcome to Duval sticker. So go check that out at genjag.com. We've also got a few Duval Skyline trucker hats left. We've got... Uh, our all-new Jack's Skyline dad hats out as well. And we've got a ton of t-shirts up on the site. So check it out, gemjag.com. We've also got all the latest news and analysis and videos from UCF Jaguar. Again, that's gemjag.com. All right, Scott. We are going to go through the roster. I spoke to Dave. I talked to Tom. <laughs> we are allowed to release it early. They're giving us the go-ahead. Let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, in all honesty, there's always some surprises. We are doing our best here to try to accurately predict the 53-man roster. Uh, and we will talk about who we think is going to make it. Some and In some areas, there's maybe some players that we want to make it that we don't think are going to make mm-hmm. it. Uh, and we'll also talk about areas where we might think that this position group will have four players, but it's possible that if the Jaguars see something else, they'll only have three players. Things things can be very fluid here, but we'll get into it right now. Jaguars 53-man roster predictions. 
We'll start out with quarterback. Is there anybody in the world that thinks the Jaguars are keeping three quarterbacks this year? I hope not. <laughs> not, with, not, a, not as Tanner Lee as your third. Yeah. So uh, Blake Bortles and Cody Kessler, that is going to be your quarterback room in Jacksonville this year. And I think you should feel pretty good about it. Uh, Blake Bortles, say what you want about him. A lot of improvement last year, a lot of improvement through this offseason. He's a guy that should be able to guide the Jaguars back to the playoffs. And if Bortles does go down, Cody Kessler seems like a type of guy that can just hold down the fort at the very least. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know you don't want to get too excited about preseason, but just showing you the ability that he has, which is he's got the arm strength to make most of the throws that you want. You know, he seems to be very accurate. Definitely um, very accurate. I mean, I if something happened to, to Blake and he has to come in, you can absolutely, with this defense, win you football games. Yep. Uh, now, moving on to the running back position, this might come as a surprise. I believe the Jaguars will only keep three running backs. Leonard Fournette, TJ Eldon, and Corey Grant. That's the obvious three. We mentioned Brandon Wilds and Tim Cook already. My reasoning for this is because I think there's more depth at other positions or, or, across the roster. And I think... I think Fournette, Yeldon, and Grant is a really good group. I think if Fournette were to go down with an injury, you're fine with Yeldon. Uh, I think if if Yeldon were to go down an injury, you're fine with Grant. Uh, yeah. So I think, and I think if Grant went down, you'd be fine with Fournette and Yeldon. So I, I think that I also think that with Brandon Wilds and Tim Cook, there's a good chance if you put both of them on your practice squad at least one of them is going to stick around and not be signed by another team, yeah. which means they can just kind of be in your back pocket. My reasoning for, for, and I had three as well, my reasoning is that if you keep one of those players on for numbers' sake, you're sacrificing a better player at another position. Right. I think Wilds and Cook are good yeah. enough to make an NFL roster, but I think there is there's other positions where... If you're keeping one of those guys, you're having to cut a guy that really deserves to be on the team. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get into that more later down the road here. So we're at two quarterbacks and three running backs. Fullback. Some people list that as a running back. We're having it separated out here. Fullback. Uh, Tommy Bohannon, he's the only guy on the roster. Is there any chance he doesn't make the team? No. I mean, he's the dude. Yeah, he had a really good season blocking for Leonard Fournette last year. Very strong lead blocker. I'd be shocked if they elected to just do away with the fullback and use tight ends instead. Uh, I would be shocked, quite frankly. I agree. So now we're sitting with two quarterbacks, three running backs, and a fullback. Moving on to the tight end position, we both agree. Yep. Four tight ends. Uh, they, they have more tight ends than that on the roster right now, but these are the guys that have kind of been penciled in as the guys you thought would make the team throughout the entire offseason. Austin Safarian Jenkins, he's the clear-cut starter. Uh, probably the most talented receiving threat the Jaguars have had at tight end. He is big. Yeah, big guy, My fast goodness. guy. Good hands. He's disappeared a little bit throughout training camp and games at times so far, but, you know, he's shown the ability to be the best receiving tight end the Jaguars have ever yeah. had. Uh, Niles Paul, 
great special teams guy, and he's also shown the ability in the past with the Redskins to catch the football, and uh, also, and also he's shown a little bit of that ability here in Jacksonville as well. Yeah, almost made a couple of circus catches. Yeah, <laughs> right there was one that would have been really, really impressive. Uh, but you want to get into the last two guys we have here, Scott? Yeah, I mean, James O'Shaughnessy just keeps making plays. I mean, strictly receiving tight end. Um, has made some pretty big plays last season and throughout the preseason. Um, I think he's more of a lock than Ben Koyak. And I think Ben Koyak is the most well-rounded tight end. And they like him. Um, so, I mean, as far as blocking goes, he might be your best blocker. Uh, Austin's very Most unique. proven, at least. Most, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think outside of that, you're really reaching, especially talking about your fifth being your fifth tight end. I don't see that as a possibility. Um, talking about where they might sacrifice guys, I don't think they're going to let one of these guys go. I think they will have four. Um, and I, I think this is pretty cut and dry. I mean, these are the names that we talked about before the preseason. These are still going to be the names throughout the season. Yeah, I agree. And behind Austin Safarian Jenkins, each one kind of brings a different trait, which is why I don't, you know, if Ben Koyak and James O'Shaughnessy were the same player, I could see potentially yeah. getting rid of one of them. But Niles Paul is your guy that you know can contribute big time on special teams, kind of take on the role of uh, Aurelius Ben. Uh, and then Koyak, your best blocking tight end, and O'Shaughnessy, a very good receiving threat to be your third or fourth tight end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wide receiver. This is one of the most interesting positions <laughs> on the team. Has been all offseason throughout uh, training camp and preseason. I originally, going through the roster, before I kind of got all my positions in a, in a row, I originally only had five players making it here. But because I believe the back end of the wide receiver position has more talent than the back end of the running back position, I have the Jaguars keeping six. You have the Jaguars keeping the same six. I have them keeping six, except for the last one. Okay. So, we've both got Moncrief, Chark, Westbrook, Cole. Those are obvious. Yeah. Those guys are going to be on the team no matter what happens. Yeah. Um, and those are probably going to be your four leading receivers for this team. Yeah. Unless Austin Safarian Jenkins is able to edge <laughs> one of them out, which is very possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, do we both have Jaden Mickens making the team? We do. Okay, yeah. Jaden Mickens, I think, is the Jaguars' starting punt returner. Mm-hmm. He's He was very consistent as a punt returner last year. Had a big punt return touchdown against the uh, Bengals. Uh, he, he's been consistent beyond that punt return. He averaged over 10 yards a return last year on 27 returns. And he's also shown ability as a receiver. While he hasn't been targeted a ton, uh, he turned six of his... Or, he turned two of his six catches last year into touchdowns. Yeah. So he's a guy that knows how to make the big play. Now, the sixth receiver, I guess we, we disagree on here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you go first, Scott. I, and it's mainly because I like this guy and I think he's so exciting. I have Shane Wynn. He's a very small guy. His size does scare me. 
But I think purely as a receiver, he's thicker than Mickens. I mean, like he's not. Yeah, I'm, if he was five foot six and one hundred and sixty pounds, yeah, then I'm really scared. But he's thick enough, I think, to withstand the hits. It's just about his height. It's yeah. It's about being able to physically get open. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's he's very exciting. Um, I do think Jaden Mickens is the starting punt returner. With and I also think D.D. Westbrook showed that he. More than capable of doing it. DJ Chark also, I believe, would be capable of doing it, which diminishes Rashad Green's value to me because so many players can fill his role, and I think Shane Wynn is the better receiver. Yeah. I agree that I believe Shane Wynn is the better receiver and better football player. I do not believe the Jaguars think that. I believe the Jaguars believe in Rashad Green, and I think they think he could be an excellent uh, slot receiver. I haven't seen it from him, even in his rookie year where he uh, was very impressive as a punt returner. He didn't do anything as a receiver. He did catch one touchdown pass, of course, but I'm firmly off the Rashad Green bandwagon. I know a lot of people inside the building love the guy. I loved drafting him. I was very yeah. happy that the Jaguars were able to snag him in the fifth round when he came out of Florida State. But I just don't think with the injury concerns that he has had and then with uh, the muffed punts, which it did, those didn't start this year. In 2016, mm-hmm. he had a couple of those that uh, led to Brian Walters becoming <laughs> the guy back there. So Literally only because he possessed the capability of catching the football. Right. He didn't return it. He just caught it every time. Yeah. Average two and a half yards per return. Yeah. But he caught it. No doubt about it. So, yeah. Uh, I would love, 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 love if you're correct. Yeah. And Shane Wynn is the guy. But I went with my heart more than my head. <laughs> right. And, uh, gosh. I think Shane Wynn deserves to be on an NFL roster. I think he can make plays, explosive plays, impressive catches. He's a talented guy, but. I just have that gut feeling Rashad Green's going to end up being the guy. And I have a bad feeling that if the Jaguars kept five receivers, that Rashad Green would make it over Jadon Mickens. I don't think that's going to happen. But I just think that that organization loves them some Rashad Green. We'll see. Hope I'm wrong. Offensive line. This is another very interesting group. We touched on this a little bit earlier, but you've got your clear-cut five starters. Cam Robinson at left tackle. Andrew Norwell at left guard. Brandon Linder at center. A.J. Can at right guard. And Jeremy Parnell at right tackle. Feel really solid about that. Your primary backup on the inside interior of the offensive line is Tyler Shatley. Feel really solid about that. Yeah. Uh, Will Richardson, he's not going to get cut. He's not going to be put on the practice squad. Fourth round pick with second round pick talent. Uh, had some off the field issues this year at, at NC State that led to him slipping a little bit in the draft. By most accounts, he's going to be the Jaguars' right tackle of the future, or at the very least, perhaps a right guard of the future. Um, he's on the team. Beyond that, it gets a little murky. There's a lot of guys that have shown some stuff uh, for the Jaguars, either this offseason or 
uh, preseason or in the past. Um, Josh Wells has started several games for the Jaguars over the last couple years and played decent. He's had to start at right tackle and left tackle. Um, But he played really poorly this preseason. Uh, You look at guys like Will Pales, who's played very well. Josh Walker on the inside at guard has played very well. You've got Chris Reed, who's a name that's been around. You've got um, several other younger players, Casey McDermott. Um, and it's it's kind of hard to predict who the, who the Jaguars are really going to key in on here for what I think is going to be the final two offensive line spots. I think they're going to keep nine offensive linemen. And for me, it's going to be Pol- Pales. I always want to say Poles because it's spelled P-O. But it's Pales, William Pales and Josh Walker. I think Pales you can feel comfortable about as your second or third tackle. Josh Walker you can feel comfortable with as a uh, second or third guard. Yeah, um, I'm no, I'm no offensive lineman guru. I mean, I'm sure neither I'm, of us are, but I think yeah. we understand. They pass the eye test. Yeah, you know, just watching the games and saying. Oh, that guy got beat horrendously and is getting beat like a drum. Okay, let's stop it. Um, I would agree. I, I Will Pels. I think he. I think Josh Wells has just been awful. He has been so bad this preseason. Yeah, um, I mean, when Jeremy Parnell was out for the first two preseason games, Josh Wells was getting manhandled. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's a guy that started games at right tackle and left tackle and didn't play poorly. Which makes me kind of think the Jaguars might keep him, but yeah. I, I don't have him making the team. Yeah, I my I went uh, Chris Chris Reed instead of Josh Walker, just because he played well. He played well enough last year when he when he was uh, thrown into the into the mix. I I don't have a reason. <laughs> I mean, I I haven't done film study on offensive linemen. Um, but I mean, just watching the games and seeing who's doing what, I would agree. Nine. I mean, they could do 10 if they, if they really feel like they want to have that extra guy that they feel comfortable with. But Mm -hmm. again, there's probably some guys they feel comfortable with here that they could stash on the practice squad and call up if need be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, defensive line. I don't know what's deeper, the defensive line or the defensive backfield, but it is really <laughs> impressive on both fronts. We'll start with the D-line. Uh, we've got, I think we both have the same D-line making it here. Yeah, um, we do actually. <laughs> yeah, the same exact 10 players we hit, we have. So uh, just before we get into the D-line, though, just to recap here of the offense, we have two guys at quarterback, three running backs, a fullback, Four tight ends, six wide receivers, and nine offensive linemen. Now, getting into the defensive line group. You've got Calais Campbell, Unique Ngakwe, Marcel Darius, and Malik Jackson as your clear-cut starters. Dante Fowler, if you will, is your fifth man. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But he's a hell of a fifth man to have. And then you've also got Avery Jones, who's an excellent backup uh, defensive tackle, big defensive tackle. Taven Bryan, the rookie out of Florida, first-round pick, he looks to be the primary backup at strong side defensive end behind Calais Campbell. 
Les Campbell's raved about him, said he's the best rookie he's ever worked with. Uh, he can also play the three technique. Michael Bennett, he's really had an impressive uh, training camp in preseason. He uh, He's a guy that went from being injury-plagued, battling for a roster spot, to a guy who now is number two on the depth chart at three technique, and a guy I really feel confident about if he can stay healthy. He's been looking good this preseason. I mean, he's a guy that I've been basically waiting to do something since he got dra- drafted out of Ohio State. It's I, I, I hope he absolutely busts out this year. And, I mean, just look at look at the second team defensive line. you got two first-round picks on there. You've got Avery Jones, who's going to be the starter last year, who was the starter last year. Right, and during the Darius. season, certainly. The depth on this team. And you haven't even talked about Dewan Smoot and Laurenti McRae. Right. I mean, Laurenti McRae has been wrecking backfield. Yeah, he's been preseason. great great this preseason. He's always really kind of produced when given the opportunity. Uh, Dewan Smoot we talked about quite a bit before. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make the team. Yeah. But he, when I'm just looking around the rest of the roster, if he does not make the team, he is going to be picked up by someone else. Yeah, and he's one of the guys who potentially keeps you from keeping a fourth running back just because he's a better football player. Right. Do you want to keep Dewan Smoot on your roster, or do you want to keep Tim Cook or Brandon Watts? Yeah, that guy might actually play. Right. Dewan Smoot could definitely earn a spot in a defensive line rotation for a good team. He did it last year. Mm -hmm. He had 288 snaps as a rookie. He wasn't a world beater, but he was more than serviceable against the run and base downs. I mean, on first and 10, third and short, I don't think you feel uncomfortable throwing him in the game. Oh, yeah. Um, You want to get us going with our linebackers here? Yeah, you've got the the dynamic duo. Uh, Telvin Smith and Miles Jack. You've got the boy wonder, uh, <laughs> Leon Jake. I I, okay, he's not a boy. He's a full-grown <laughs> man. man. <laughs> not, okay, I'm sorry, the Hulk. <laughs> That's who he is. Um, Leon Jacobs. I mean, there's your starters right there. Um, Donald Payne and Blair Brown wrap it up. They. I mean, this is one of the easiest positions for me to pick because obviously the three starters are entrenched. Um, there's some people that they brought in, like Nick DeLuca, um, but Donald Payne has been playing very well. Blair Brown played well last year, needs to pick up his play this year, but he's clearly the second guy at weak side linebacker. Um, it's pretty simple. I mean, this should be, especially with the starters, one of the best linebacking cores in the NFL. By far. Yeah. I mean, Miles Jack, he could be called the boy wonder. He's still really <laughs> young. I mean, he's going into his third season. He was vastly misunder- or underused his rookie year. But, yeah, th- that trio of starters, it's the fastest. It's got to be the fastest in football. Yeah. I mean, Leon Jacobs is the fastest guy in a straight line out of him, Miles Jack, and Delvin Smith. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, Donald Payne and Blair Brown, I like both of them. I think you would have liked to see more more out of Blair Brown this preseason, but I don't think he's a guy you should cut because he, similar to Dwan Smoot, when he was in the game as a rookie, played pretty well. Um, 
I think he he could still develop into a quality depth off the ball linebacker. I think Donald Payne has shown that he has the ability to be that as well, as well as contribute on special teams. Um, We have safety listed here before cornerback, but let's save safety for last because I think that's the funnest, most fun one. It's the funnest one. Uh, Cornerback. Your five guys, or excuse me, your four guys to start are, are easy. You got Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye, best cornerback duo in football in my mm-hmm. mind. Uh, I mean, book it at me, Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> at me, uh, DJ Hayden. I think, even though I think Tyler Patman is a better suited to be the the nickel cornerback, I think DJ Hayden's going to be the nickel cornerback. And then Tyler Patman's going to be the primary backup at all three positions, both outside cornerback spots. And then he really solidified himself. Yeah, I mean he had an ama- he had a great preseason training camp last year. He had maybe an even better one this year. Very physical, really likes to get after it. Has that alpha dog mentality that you really like to see because combined with the rest of the defensive backfield, he really fits in well. I did think DJ Hayden did very well blitzing off the edge. Yeah, he, he, he showed a lot some of stuff, success. No doubt. I think that's why I think, you know, I still think Tyler Patman is better than DJ mm. Hayden, but I have no problem with the Jaguars given the guy who they're paying six million dollars yeah. who that played helps. pretty well, given him the uh yeah. the go ahead at least to start the season. After that, we both have the Jaguars keeping five corners. Uh, you want to go with who you would keep? Yeah. Um, or who you would keep, and if that's any different than who you think they'll keep. Yeah, I, I've i seen a lot of Trey Herndon. I mean, they've they talk thrown about him out him there. Yeah, they talk about him. They, they put their money where their mouth is. He's been on the field a ton mm-hmm. this preseason. Um, to me, that points that he's gotten the opportunity they haven't really pulled the reins back on him and they continue talking him up so you know i think we're both right in that they in the building like the guy um i i would agree with them um i juggled that it's really between meeks trey herndon and jalen myrick i thought of the three jalen myrick probably had the roughest go of it this preseason but he's the only guy that's ever proven anything in a real game. True. And he was pretty decent as a rookie last year when called upon. It just looks... It doesn't look as fluid to me as the other two guys yeah. being in coverage. He's a great straight line, straight line guy, but to me, I think, by the narrowest margins, Trey Herndon ends up making that uh, fifth spot. Yeah. Um, you know, I think... Probably Quentin Meeks, Trey Herndon, C.J. Rebus, Andy Delaney all end up on NFL rosters, or at least practice squads. They're very talented, uh, undrafted free agents. If I was making the decisions, it'd be Quentin Meeks. I think he has the best ball skills. I think he uh, just really has shown the ability to make plays on the ball in coverage and read and react appropriately. I think that Trey Herndon is going to be the guy that they keep. 
the Jaguars talk about him all the time. They've been playing him a ton. They seem to really like his skill set. And uh, I think that's what they're going to end up doing there at the cornerback spot. Five corners. We'll do our special teamers, and then we'll round it out with safety position. Uh, Josh Lambeau and Logan Cook, they're your only kicker and punter. That's mm-hmm. who they are. That's who it's going to be. Carson Tinker, he is your long snapper, former special teams captain. Maybe he'll assume that role again. Uh, long snapper. Those guys are solid. They're solidified. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, easy. <laughs> now, five safeties. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think that the safety group is the deepest on the team from top to bottom. I think they don't have the most frontline talent. While Barry Church and Deshaun Gibson are fantastic. Not fantastic. They're both good, good, solid safeties mm-hmm. that at their best could achieve a Pro Bowl. Yeah. Um, Ronnie Harrison obviously is going to make the team. Third round pick. He has just been a delight to watch yeah. in training camp and preseason. A d- as delightful as a bulldozer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you're controlling the bulldozer, yeah. that's fine. As long as you're not getting ran over, you love it. Right. And he's, show, he's shown the ability to play free safety or strong safety. Filled in for Deshaun Gibson against the Vikings at free safety and played very well. Uh, Cody Davis, he was brought over to be a, a special teamer, priority free agent. He's been very good in special teams and as a uh, free safety. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. And then... Gerard Wilson. How do you get rid of this guy? I mean, I think that... He was thought of as a strong safety as well. And then he had to start for Tashawn Gibson and played very well for him in 2017. I don't think there's any way you can cut this guy. I just... He's forcing them. All these guys are forcing them to keep five safeties. When you would probably normally only keep four. Yeah. If you cut Wilson, he is immediately going to be he picked up by up someone. And he could end up being a starter somewhere else. Yeah. So as much as Wilson might not have the opportunity to see the field as a safety this year, uh, he's, he's can, he can contribute on special teams. And keeping him on your roster is better than allowing someone else who you might play this year to pick him up. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, that that was one of the guys who I wrote down before I got down to my decision-making of, okay, who's who's going to be the final ones to make the team? Right. Like, I put down five safeties before I filled out my wide receivers, before I filled out my offensive line, <laughs> I mean, before I filled out my finished my fifth corner. And I was like, yeah, I mean, all these guys. Easy. Yeah. And it's, they, they make the decision easy, but they make other decisions harder because you don't plan to keep five safeties. <laughs> right. But I don't feel bad about any of the guys that yeah. aren't on this roster. I really don't. I yeah. think it's solid. Uh, things can obviously shake out differently than we see them. There seems to be a surprise or two every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it possible that the Jaguars only keep three tight ends? Yes. Is it possible that they keep four running backs? Yes. Is it possible that they keep five wide receivers instead of six? Yes. Uh, they could keep 10 offensive linemen and only keep nine defensive linemen. Um, 
They could keep a six linebacker. There's plenty of uh, options that could happen here, but this is how we see it shaking out. And uh, I think you'd be hard-pressed to predict anything too different than what we have here. Yeah. I mean, if we're off, it's one, two, three. I mean, there's some very easy decisions in this one, and there's... There's yeah. a couple pretty tough ones. The back end of the O-line group could shake out differently. Yeah, I really don't think the wide receiver position is going to shake out differently. We disagree there, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I just don't think the Jaguars are going to pick Shane Wynn over Rashad Green, even though I'd love them to. Uh, they, could get, they could cut Jared Wilson, but I think it'd be a big mistake. Um other than that, I mean, you're looking at a team that's locked and loaded and ready to compete at the highest level again in 2018. That team can that that team can win a Super Bowl, no doubt about I it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a fun ride. We've got one more preseason game to get through. Hopefully, the Jaguars stay all healthy. Hopefully, uh, you don't have any injuries to any of these guys trying to compete for one of these last roster spots. Um, Obviously, that would make the coaching staff's job easier, but that's not how you want to have to end up deciding who's on the roster. Uh, Other than that, uh, you got the the game Thursday night, tomorrow night, then you've got cuts on Saturday, and then you've got eight days until Jaguars at Giants. We're in the home stretch. Jalen Ramsey versus uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Batman versus Joker. Uh, yeah, Jalen tweeted that out today. I mean, that's going to be fun. I mean, we've been doing all sorts of uh, previews for the preseason and training camp and all sorts of stuff, but we'll finally get to get into real matchups. Um, it's just different. It is going to be. It is going to be a lot of fun. Ooh. I hope everybody else is excited as we are. We appreciate all of our listeners. If you wouldn't mind, please go review us on the Apple Podcasts app. It helps us out a lot. I think we're around four and a half stars right now. We really appreciate all the reviews coming in. Keep them coming if you're able. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud, Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar, Twitter, at Generation Jag. You can follow Scott Klein, at Scott Klein one on Twitter, and you can follow myself, at Jordan DeLugo. Uh, please leave us any feedback you have on the podcast, positive or negative. Even though we know there's no negative feedback out there for this here podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, we'd love to hear your feedback. Um, follow Bold City Brewery on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. You can check them out online at boldcitybrewery.com. They're the one and only sponsor of this here show. We really appreciate them. And, of course, we really appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game Thursday night. Uh, we will definitely be coming out with a uh, with an article that kind of puts together all of our predictions here for the 53-man roster. And then we'll also come out as soon as the 53-man roster is released. We'll come at you with that as well. We'll be back next week to preview Jaguars-Giants week one. Man, it doesn't seem real. It's crazy. <laughs> You're gonna be in. The, you're gonna be in the Big Apple during the game. That's right. I'm going to the game. Uh, one of two away games that I'm planning on going to this year. I'll also be in Arrowhead for the first time. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't bring the Jaguars luck in New York last year. Hopefully, those Chiefs fans are a bit quiet. 
Yeah, I mean, that place can get loud. I'm going to be a nice. I'm not trying to step on anyone's toes. Yeah, you don't want to mess with any Midwest folk. But uh, (laughs) should be fun nonetheless. So, yeah, we'll come back at you with a podcast next week. We'll talk about the 53-man roster that uh, gets decided on Saturday, and we'll do a lot of preview on Jaguars at Giants. Let's get it. Let's get it. We appreciate you, Duval. We'll uh, let you go here on a little bit of uh, more of some brohem. Just so uh, you can get ready for Jaguars touchdowns all season long. Thanks, guys. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.